You're listening to Music Tectonics. Hi everyone, welcome to Music Tectonics, the podcast where we explore the mad collision of music and technology. I'm your host, Trister Neuer Jaeger, Chief Strategist at music PR firm Rock Paper Scissors. Today, we get to return to one of the most dynamic fault lines we've seen emerge in recent years, the place where gaming and music bump up against each other and interesting things emerge. Our guest today can definitely help us get a deeper understanding of what's going on in this space. Um, I'd like to welcome Devin Thome, who is a game developer and CEO of Melon, the creative studio behind some of the biggest, coolest, and downright quirkiest Roblox music experiences. Devin, thanks so much for joining us. No, of course. Thanks for having me, Trisha. So first off, um, can you tell me a bit about Melon? How do you explain what you do to someone who isn't into games and doesn't know much about the music business? Oh, goodness. Well, that's really a question we're trying to answer for ourselves every day, I feel like still. Um, What it comes down to is for people that aren't super into gaming, we like to frame it more from a marketing mindset. It's a really great way to engage an audience of potentially millions in an environment that's all about sort of an artist or a label or kind of however sort of um, kind of type of experience you, you want to pursue there. And it it's really about creating a, a world that that players can truly engage with uh, beyond just a YouTube video or, or another medium. Can you paint a little bit of a picture of what these experiences are like? Not everyone listening may have had a chance to have some fun in Roblox yet. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I think for, for every company, it's a little bit different. For us, we like to take what what the expectation of a real world experience usually is, whether it be a concert or a club or something and make it more fantasy-esque. It could be some a Swedish lake house um, where you're driving uh, motorboats around a, around a lake, or it could be downtown London with, with, a, with an elevator up to a VIP club, or it could be a, a floating sort of arena where it like, gets sent down to like the, the, the pits of hell or anything. It, it, it's really all themed around the artists, and we're, we, we take no stops in making these, uh, these really unique spaces. And just so just to back it up a bit even further for our listeners who may not have, say, younger kids or teens at home or who may not be super into gaming, um, can you give us like a one minute uh, summary of what exactly is this Roblox thing that we've talked about a couple of times already? What is Roblox and how do these experiences sort of fit into that bigger platform? Yeah, so I like to say Roblox is sort of like YouTube. YouTube is to video what Roblox is to gaming. So it's a platform where almost anybody can come in and make their own spaces that could be games, it could be places, it could be like hangout spots. Um, And then you can totally configure it with programming and interactive elements and a whole bunch of other, um, other systems to really make it your own. Um, and what we've done is we, we really specialize in kind of tapping into all those various areas to make things that people haven't really seen before. Um, so as a result, when we launch one of these spaces, it's among the, the hundreds of thousands that are also on the platform of all these different experiences that all these people have made. So for us, it's, it, it's really cool to just be part of that, that whole community. Awesome. So let's get back to Melon for a second. What, in your eyes, are Melon's greatest hits? Let's uh, let's go down the uh, the the greatest moments in that uh, you know in the experiences that you've helped create. Like, what are the things that you feel proudest of, or were there particular elements in some of these um, events or spaces where you're just like, that was so cool, and I love that, and you still smile when you think about it. Yeah, for us, every single experience we do taps a different sort of 
experiment or sort of goal that we have that we want to try to achieve. Um, we want to try to raise the bar with every experience. Most recently, for for the for the event that we just released at the time of this recording, um, is super high fidelity textures, which really brings a new sort of level of graphical quality to Roblox, which is much more similar to console games or more traditional video games you'd be familiar with. Um, prior, we've done things. Um, like creating truly kind of synced music experiences to different mini games and the like. Our last our last release was sort of a, a cross between Animal Crossing and sort of social gaming by creating a sort of multiplayer world of collecting pets and, and kind of building your own homes and stuff. So for every single sort of experience, we, we, we try to reach a different sort of audience and different sort of level of player and to really kind of see where people engage best and where we see the most interest. And then we use that those learnings to kind of drive our future productions. I'd be really interested if we could talk in some detail about how the creative process works in these kind of events. I mean, they're very new. Um, mm -hmm. And the ones that have launched so far have been big and splashy, but I'm sure there's a whole range of artists with all sorts of different aesthetics and fan bases and, you know, geographic markets. Um, how do you meet with a team and try to figure out where you should fall creatively? Like what should be a part of it? What should the vibe be? What should it look like? What should it sound like? Where are you guys in that process? Tell me a bit about how that unfolds. Yeah. So to talk specifically about music there, just because everything else is its own can of worms. Um, for music, we usually like to start with the theme of an album. So we'll kind of get a feel of where the artist is trying to take the theme of the album based on the album art, based on sort of, um, what's going on with the artist that time, and we use that to kind of set the scene. Um, uh, to, to reference our latest one again, which we did in collaboration with BMG and KSI, is he just had um, the boxing competition a couple months back. So there's like a boxing ring that's themed up in the VIP area. There's elements of boxing spread throughout downtown London, um, and London being his his home city as well made, made that a really obvious choice for us. Zara Larson. Um, uh, always always uh, showcased Swedish homes and Swedish lake houses in her album art and the like. So we, we, we based the theming around that. Uh, Ava Max last year was the Heaven and Hell album. So that's that's what guided that direction. So the general theme is is usually in sync with the with the album art or the general theme of, of the album. And then from there we we add in whatever interactive elements and sort of virtual virtual goods and the like that that we feel like would complement that really well and really keep people engaged in the space. Do the artists ever come to you with off the wall ideas and requests and you guys get to try to implement them? Or do you guys bring a whole menu of this is the kind of wacky stuff we could do, which feels what feels right to you? Or is it a combination of those two? It's a combination. Usually we'll usually guide the sort of higher level goals or creative of the space. And then it'll be the artist coming in and being like, hey, can we add an Easter egg for X, Y, Z? Or can we do uh, can, can we do this other fun little addition? Um, for Zara Larson, for example, she referenced how much she, she she's loved rhubarb before. So now there's there are little like hints and elements of that, or there's like we'll, we'll hide a key somewhere in like the venue that gives you access to a secret room that has like a whole bunch of references that the fans of the artist would would really enjoy. And to us, doing those kind of things is really important, just because when we're doing these virtual kind of concert experiences, it's going to be more than just the fans of the concert that are seeing the space, which gives them a good intro to the the artist. But when but the fans of the artist specifically may also not be gamers themselves. So when they're in there, we like to give them elements that they can kind of have fun discovering become familiar with to kind of get them more involved in the gaming space as well. That's awesome. So how do you find out more? I know that uh, just from reading some of what you've written about your development process, 
um, that the user experience is really key as well as, of course, the artist's vision. Um, Mm -hmm. How do you go about finding what users might want? How do you design a space so that the kind of interactions you're hoping to achieve can unfold? I know it's somewhat unpredictable, but I I bet you guys have some tricks and tips. What What are they? Yeah, it's it's really guided by data for the most part. At this point, now that we've done a couple of these events, we, we have a basic sort of understanding of what user expectations typically are in these cases. Um, the most popular things that people want to see when they, when they join one of our music spaces, they want to see where the show is happening. They want to ha- be able to glance around and immediately see where everything is. And maybe they want to buy merchandise because that's really popular on Roblox. So those are UI elements that will make really obvious and easy to find or will have uh, signage or guideposts in the world itself to kind of point people around or make sure the show space itself is really prominent. Um, that could be by putting like a giant Ferris wheel behind it. Maybe it's like a giant arrow that points to the house at showtime. Um, or maybe you just even see it from the spawn area. We're going to take a little break and we'll be right back to talk to Devin more about the intersection of music and gaming that Melon gets to explore on Roblox. Be right back. We are thrilled to announce that Will Page and Vicky Nauman will sit down for a fireside chat at Music Tectonics 2021 conference. Will Page just came out with a book, Tarzan Economics, that distills essential principles for pivoting through disruption. He's learned those lessons through 20 years of watching the rise and fall of the music industry's fortunes as former chief economist at Spotify and other leading companies. Come to Music Tectonics to get Will's insights on how the pandemic accelerated disruptions to the music industry and what's next on the horizon. He'll be in conversation with Vicky Nauman, tech-savvy consultant and music industry connector. Will and Vicky's fireside chat will be part of the online conference October 25th through 27th. But don't forget, one ticket also lets you join safe in-person events on November 2nd in Los Angeles. And those will be very fun. Get your Music Tectonics ticket at musictectonics.com. Hey, everybody, we're back. We're here with Devin Thome of Melon, a creative studio that helps artists and fans do interesting, have interesting experiences together in <laughs> Roblox. Um, that sounds that, yeah. Anyway, not to take <laughs> things in the wrong direction here. Um, so I was really curious and, you know, without having to, you know, the music industry is an interesting industry. Um, and there are always challenges when, um, you know, different entertainment verticals or industries work together at times, because there's different working styles, different ideas, different values, different priorities. I'm just wondering, what are some of the challenges that you've encountered as someone who is a highly experienced game developer and um, tech entrepreneur? Where where have the pain points been for artists and labels in trying to embrace this new uh, space, this new uh, medium for uh, getting their artistic vision across. Where what are the challenges in gaming and music from your perspective? Yeah, I think it's the same crossover of just sort of new media in general with sort of traditional. For us, it's it's the kind of the the general pain points that kind of the industry always seems to have had. You have your licensing, you have your clerical, you have kind of the oversight that 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 kind of can can really sort of bar a lot of the features or, or things you want to do. And we we definitely try to do what we can to overcome it. Um, but uh, we, I also feel like it's really important that we kind of have these challenges because in some way we're we're helping move the industry forward and hopefully towards a more efficient direction. So maybe five years from now, if 
if and when virtual concerts become this this next medium and just becomes this, the, the default of like touring, maybe it is much easier to do by then. So I think we're setting an important precedent by trying to trying to interface as we are now with it, but we definitely still overcome a lot of those clerical hurdles. You guys have also worked a lot with brands where I assume the clerical hurdles are different. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm wondering um, that, you know, this is a really fertile ground uh, for interesting interactions, intersections between artists, fans, and brands. Um, how do you make spaces where that kind of interaction feels fun and natural, right? So that, you know, the mastering the art of um, the the event, the experience that doesn't feel too promotional or mm-hmm. um, too gimmicky in, in the brand space. How, how do you guys approach that? Yeah, I think it's important to remember that we 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 are definitely doing games first rather than advertisements is the, the the way I like to frame it. So we'll actually do the design process for all of our experiences completely independently of the sort of the brand or of 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 the sort of the collaboration we're doing. We we want to be able to say if if we separate out all the elements of this brand and just replace it with say like generic names or generic elements, is this still a fun game? And if the answer is yes, we're doing something right. Because at that point the, the the biggest motivator of sort of the engagement in the space then is people are having fun in the game. And if it just happens to be associated with your brand, they're, they're, they're going to associate that good experience in the game with the brand either way, which leads, leads to the same positive result of potential future engagement with the space or even kind of in a, in, in a different way through, through another kind of social medium. Um, so that's sort of our, our goal with that is... Well, well, we we make sort of these branded experiences. It's always a fun experience first, and then the, and then the brand sort of uh, as a layer on top of that. After you mentioned sharing on social media, that's a really interesting point. Um, a lot of folks that love Roblox or play a lot of Roblox also enjoy posting videos of their gameplay on places like YouTube. Um, how does that play into the work you do with your clients, be they music clients or brands? Yeah, so social influencers and creators and, and social media kind of experts are, are people we actually build specific features for in all of our experiences. Um, if you're part of kind of our, our creator program, which kind of spans over all the experiences we do, you get the ability to kind of do specific thumbnails, maybe fly around in some spaces, help get some c- cinematic shots, because essentially you want to make it as easy as possible for people to make great social content on the experiences we make and kind of let them help kind of make their own sort of image in our space. Because at that point, they're just helping drive, drive traffic back to the experiences we're creating. It's it, it, it's a two-way street and sort of uh, the, the relationship there. Um, so on top of developing those sort of starter tools too, we also make it really easy for people to play with their friends. Uh, we, we integrate natively with the Roblox friend features. We add, we implement sort of like party features that people play games together. Um, it's all about kind of really kind of optimizing this the social interaction for all of our experiences. Hey, so we're going to have one more quick break, and then we're going to come back and I get to ask Devin all about what he would love to see happen in the future. So stick with us. Whoa, the ideas are flying fast on this episode. If you want to follow up on anything we're talking about today, we've made it easy. Head over to musictectonics.com and find this episode on the podcast page. You'll see show notes full of links and a time-stamped roadmap of the conversation. We're not responsible for internet rabbit holes you tumble down in the process. Now, let's get back to the conversation. Okay, 
We're back here with Devin Thome of Melon, and we're talking about music and games, interaction, and all that cool, fun stuff. So you've given us a really great overview of where we are right now, Devin, and there's a lot of speculation out there about where we're going, and it it all tends to be um, either hand-wringing or kind of jubilant overexcitement about the metaverse, that kind of thing, you know, typical of a new new medium or a new um, technology. Uh, But I'd love to hear from you what you think about where we're going. And specifically, I'm wondering if you can imagine or if there's ever been some audio or musical aspects as a developer that you'd love to have in your toolkit. I mean, what are some additional layers of audio or musical coolness that you you feel like could be added to the experiences or that you and your team are like, oh man, if only we could do this? Yeah, so I think, I want to say it was Apple that just did it recently. They, they, they're announcing of spatial audio a couple months back for Apple Music. That got us really excited about the potential new direction of the ability to create truly immersive experiences. Um, virtual reality is something that's been around for a while too, of course. So it's it's it just kind of an, another sort of extension off that. But creating truly immersive experiences that really feel like you're in the space, I feel like is the true next level that that we can achieve. And sound design is a really critical part of that. How does mm-hmm. how do objects sound when, when when you walk on them? Like when you run into something. Do, does it sound realistic? People, hopefully they're not running into things very often, but when you do, maybe it should should sound good. Yeah. Um, To make the space truly feel alive, it should really sound like you'd expect as if you were really there. So any sort of tools and things that, that can improve on that, on, on, on that sort of experience is something we're really excited about. And then not to, not to bring it back to the licensing discussion, but um, the other thing that we'd be excited about too, is just, more ease of use for allowing sort of music to be used on these social platforms. So when creators are showing off your space or maybe you have licensed music or custom music in the space, it's easier for people to share their experience or redistribute that to other sources to really let other people kind of experience, um, experience it through, through their eyes as well. So. Yeah. The, the licensing for UGC in AR, VR, metaverse experiences, that's, uh, that is definitely the bleeding edge of music licensing right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and are you seeing any progress in that realm? It sounds like the, like, I feel like the industry has learned somewhat from past um, bumps and foibles, and there is like an active urge to seek better licensing solutions. Um, how do you see that if you want to comment on that? So it's a kind of a can of worms. I'm not sure if we want to open that up, but um, where could you see progress being made? Do you see progress being made right now? Yeah, I think on a surface level, it, it is improving. Uh, there's a lot of companies and there's and there's different sort of uh, even just independent labels that are getting really, really good about it. I think the real problem right now is there's just not really an industry standard way of going about it. So when you work with one company, then work with a different label, their process might be completely different. So it's it's not like the efficiencies of one company really matter in the grand scheme when you're trying to operate something that scale the metaverse because you need to be able to appeal to all content everywhere just sort of natively. So I think over time, if industry standards are adopted and things kind of move forward together, it'll get easier. But that's really kind of the, the missing link right now is everybody kind of being on that same page. So you're constantly reinventing the wheel with every experience or deal. Yeah, everyone kind of has their own solution and way of and process of handling it. And they might be really good, but if they're all really different, it doesn't really matter how good they are because they're still having to redo the process every single time. That sounds fun. <laughs> Definitely. It is. Uh, it's great. It's like, it's like navigating a series of one ways. It's amazing. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, good times. Um, well, you know, it's you, we don't want people to get 
get bored when they're in the music business. You want to keep 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 the challenges coming. Oh yeah, it's good for the brain. Um, all right, <laughs> no clerical puzzles. Exactly. So on a more uh, fun and lighthearted note, um, I I really feel like some of these experiences are. They're in this transitional phase, right? When every, whenever you have a new medium, like from radio to television, right? A lot of the formats um, on early television were borrowed from radio. And I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of the formats in the metaverse are borrowed from, you know, certain kinds of console games or video games, plus real world experiences like going to a concert or being in a club. Um, but, you know, in a world where you could technically do anything, there's a lot of other possibilities. I'm wondering... You know, as we're starting to explore the full potential of virtual reality or the metaverse or whatever we want to call it, um, where do you see things going? If we could, right now, um, you guys are creating things that are like a concert plus a whole aura of other experiences around it. If you could start without the concert, how, where could we go? Where do you, what, what do you imagine? Where, what are some of the craziest ideas you'd love to see implemented? Yeah, I, I think having a future where it's, it's sort of instead of having these or kind of individual experiences, you have more of like a hub that has everything as kind of kind of one area and everything kind of branches off that one central location. I think that's kind of the, the next big step. And while that might be argued that, oh, that's just Roblox, that's just the metaverse and kind of itself. I think there's a difference between it being a platform and it being its own space by itself. Um I think when once these sort of worlds can start clashing together and these artists can start kind of not collaborating, but having their spaces be in a shared space, even without direct collaboration, I think that'll create a new level of immersion. Well, that's interesting. Um, and what what kind of what kind of things do you imagine happening um, in these shared spaces? Is it more of a collaborative spirit and you start seeing these interesting um, you know, sharing of influences or these blended, you know, genreless music. I mean, what 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 are you imagining there? I think it'll be a new way of music discovery and for like just socializing around it. Think of when you go to like, um, why can I not think of the name right now? Um, <laughs> a, a, a music festival. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> one of those things. Yeah, yeah. got it. <laughs> when, when, when you go to a music festival and you have all these different sort of stages with every all these different artists performing, and what might be in a similar genre, you're still able to discover so many new artists and songs because you might go there for the one person you want to see, but on the but as you're there, you'll discover all these other all these other performers and singers as well. Um, I see that being similar in a virtual environment, if not more so, because you're not there's infinite space in the metaverse, essentially. It's just things connecting together and things working together in sort of that way. And then you add on those layer of social features and creator first features and you have an environment where truly anybody can can engage in the way they want in the space they want. That would be amazing. It would be a lot of fun and a lot of work, but that's a problem for another day. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. All right. Is there anything else um, that you're excited about right now in technology that involves music or experiences? Anything you think about that's sort of outside of the realm of Melon that is uh, influencing you or inspiring you? I think on a platform level, but it's really cool to see the direction of the metaverse just technologically, like what platforms are going to support it best? Who's what, who's going to technically be hosting a lot of this in the future? Because the, the metaverse is a, is a diverse platform, but more so because platforms are so fragmented right now. So it would just be interesting to see the direction of that is, are we going to see sort of cross collaboration of platforms? Are we going to see one dominate the space sort of like Roblox is right now? Is Roblox going to get even bigger? Um, we think so, but it'll be interesting just to just kind of w- w- watch that play out. All right. Well, 
you'll we'll have to have you back at some point to give us an update on uh, <laughs> on the state of platforms. Thanks so much, Devin, for uh, joining us today. Of course. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. All right. Thanks for listening to Music Tectonics. If you like what you hear, please hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We put out new episodes every week. Want more? Find it at musictectonics.com. You can dig deeper into this episode, learn about our annual conference, get the Music Tectonics app, and sign up for our newsletter. Musictectonics.com has it all. Also, look for Music Tectonics on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Clubhouse. And connect with me, Dimitri Vitsa, on LinkedIn. Peace. You're listening to Music Tectonics.